Hi, we are the Flip the Script family. I am Lisa Verasami, a real estate agent, wife, and mom. And I am Darren Verasami, the co-founder of 34 Strong and host of two podcasts, The Nature Advantage and Leading Strong, and dad and husband. Today on the show, we will talk about what it is like for two entrepreneurs with young children to move to Barbados in the middle of a global pandemic. Social unrest and why we made this decision in the summer of 2019. Stay tuned. Welcome back to another delicious episode of Curiosity Bites. This is part three of my conversation with Darren and Lisa Virasami. This episode of the Curiosity Bites podcast is brought to you in part by the awesome Music Project, connecting music, science, and story to enhance mental health. You can find out more about the Awesome Music Project and the AMP Foundation at theawesomemusicproject.com. As I said, this is part three of our episode about flipping the script on how you live, how you parent, and how you do business in this ever-changing world. Our guests on this episode are a husband and wife team who have decided to flip the script on business, parenting, and life. Darren Virasami is the co-founder and of a highly of the highly successful 34 Strong, and he's the host of two podcasts, The Nature Advantage Show and Leading Strong. And our other guest is his wife and and partner, Lisa Virasami. She's the mother of their two kids as well. She is a successful realtor with a background in clinical psychology. So as we jump into this third part. <clears throat> we we talked about that those transformational moments that took place um, on the islands, uh, living in that world, and and these instantaneous shifts. And, and as I said, I, I know for sure human beings are resistant to change. We 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 want change, but we don't like it much. Um, and we'd love change to take place as long as we don't have to do it. Um, so I want to talk about, this is a, you know, we've talked in the first two parts about this big change that you guys have brought about for yourselves, for your families and for your businesses. But I want to sort of bring this back into the perspective of everybody else who's, who's potentially listening, who maybe is going, all right, I got that the world has gone remote. And, you know, and as I, the stat that I gave out at the beginning of the uh, first episode, which was that 1 billion people will be working remotely by 2035 is the, is the estimate. The, we now have uh, many countries offering what's called uh, nomad, uh, remote nomadic uh, visas. Those are becoming more popular. More and more countries are offering those because they realize that people can work and live in their country, spend money in their country while making their businesses run in other countries. So a lot of these things have sort of changed. I mean, we've got nomad visas and no planes to get on to go to them. You know, so kind of, <laughs> again, we're back to paradox. Um, but all, that's, all that is there, all that's taking place. But a lot of it feels, I'm sure for many people, idealized, romantic, and as we talked about, it's not romantic. There is, a, there is the internal resistance. There is the real change of it. So I want to talk to you first, Lisa, about, because Darren's family are Caribbean. I mean, you, you, you're born and brought up in America, but your family are Caribbean. 
I'm assuming, Lisa, your family are not Caribbean. Correct. Uh, I might be wrong. Um, so talk to us about what that change is like for you. Do you, you know, because there's no, there's no ground hook there for you. Do you feel like it's been more of a challenge for you or, or less or the same? And, and and is there any parts of it that you still find yourself wrestling with? Every day. Okay. <laughs> I'm one of those people that resist change completely. So this mm. whole process has been very uncomfortable. But right. how do you grow when you stay comfortable, you know? And I think the pivotal, you talked about the pivotal moments, the pivotal moment for me with this whole idea was uh, back in 2019, Darren came back from meeting with our CPA and the CPA posed, he said, hey, this is what we're thinking. Uh, we're on the fence. Do we do it? Do we not do it? And he came back and said, you have this idea in 10 years from now, what are you going to look back on and are you going to be, are you going to regret that you had this idea, you just kept it as an idea, or you ran with it, and 10 years from now, when you look back, what, what were you going to be in, so when he came back, and he put it in that frame of mind, there's no way we can have this idea, this opportunity, and not run with it, you know, and, and for me, and I'm sure for Darren too, my underlying why is our kids, how do we not give them this opportunity, you know, to be able to, the process is not easy. And they're going through the struggle of getting rid of everything they own too. You know, I, I want to keep sentimental thing. I have a hard time letting go of stuff. So luckily this guy will go in my closet and say, Hey, we're six weeks out and start the process for me to where I'm like, Oh gosh, I guess. Purge or you will be purged. Yes, exactly. So I need the push and luckily he's a, a good pressure to get me in motion, but I, I'm happy in my little bubble, but I'm, you know, it's, I'm not going to grow that way. Our kids aren't going to grow that way. So every day is a struggle to jump outside and make it. So yeah. let me ask you as the mom part of it, you know, you must, I mean, I, I get that your kids are not, you know, they're not, um, tweens or teens mm -hmm. so there's a little bit less attachment but I'm sure they have buddies they have friends and the idea of leaving them behind now you and I as adults we can look at it and go they'll be fine but it doesn't mean that it doesn't have impact so what are you what are you seeing there at the idea of walking away from their friends well it's funny because with covid they can't see their friends anyways so that's mm. lessened the anxiety of leaving them so they're used to having zoom calls and you know seeing friends on a screen so that's helped in that in that realm but yeah just the way that they interact with other people when we're in the caribbean everybody becomes their friend so they are attached to friends here, but they are comfortable seeing them on Zoom. And then we said, you're gonna have no problem meeting other friends. And you know, I don't think that's really been too much of a struggle. I, you know, I, I, as you say it, the, that story you told 
um, earlier about the French kid and, and your son playing on the beach, not being able to speak the same language mm -hmm. and fully enjoying each other as friends. Uh, and in a world, you know, I talked about the beginning of nationalism and, uh, and polarized thinking and always looking at the enemy or the potential enemy. And, you know, that moment, like, I want to film that moment, go back in time and fill that, film that moment and show that to everybody who's polarizing thinking and saying, well, they're not like us. And, you know, well, hold on a second. Here's a French kid who doesn't speak English. Here's an American kid who doesn't speak French, um, who, you know, come from completely different cultures who were finding a way to play together. Like maybe these little, you know, three, four year olds can teach us a couple of things about how to be in the world. We might, you know, like, let's make them the president. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> let's make them the president and we'll base all policy on how they get along and how they deal with comfort. Cause it's one of the things, I mean, part of our work we, uh, Red and I used to do was we, we do a conscious parenting piece. And in the conscious parenting piece, I, you know, we used to say the problem with your, one of the problems your kids is having is that you keep inter interfering in their conflict. And they go, what do you mean? And I go, well, you, you know, you, you see your kids fighting with another kid and you'll break it up. Don't do that. But my kid could get hurt or they could hurt another kid. Don't do it. And they go, why? Because if you leave them alone, they'll become friends again. If you don't leave them alone, they won't. If you go, break them up, you know, oh, you know, like, like, you can't play with Johnny because Johnny's too violent. You know what? Your kid will be okay. And Johnny and your kid will be playing together again in three minutes and they'll be best mates. But we don't, we get in the way of, in, we don't use parenting as, as lifting our children up. We use it as protecting and bubble wrapping and all this freaking helicopter and bulldozer parenting. And then you put your kid in the hands of a stranger on a bus in Barbados and you watch your kid play with a French kid on the beach who can't speak the same language, like such profound lessons in that about how we can all get along a lot better. So, you know, I, I love that you're having them see that, but I, I'm still, I still want to know more about you in the context of, what fears come up because again it all looks very glamorous it's a lovely romantic idea oh you're moving to the caribbean blah 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 oh sunshine beaches it'll all be wonderful i know people who live in the caribbean i know the challenges they have one of which is internet connection so you know you're talking about being remote and then you're talking about internet connection that's a whole different gig so talk to me a little bit more about the fears that come up for you because you're about to go there as we're having this conversation. And I know you are, um, you're capturing it all. You're starting to film it. You created a YouTube channel and it'd be interesting for us all to watch that journey. But talk to us a little bit more about some of the fears that are coming up for both of you about that. Because they could be little things or big things. I, I have a fear of the unknown. Mm -hmm. not knowing, I mean, this is a whole new, we're letting go, or I'm personally letting go of the traditional roles here. And what does that look like? And I, I'm very much a planner. I like to know what's ahead. Uh, I'm very day to day. I like to 
check my to-do boxes, you know, so just letting go of all of that and really embracing what I don't know what the future looks like and just internally being okay with, it's okay to, to live day by day and not know and not plan what's You talked happen. about that in part one, that, that you're, you know, you're flipping the script, but you're flipping the script on, on everything, meaning, well, what is the role of a wife? What is the role of a mother? What is the role of a realtor or a business person? I really want, you know, I'm asking you this because I'm certain that there are people watching, listening who are going, yeah, you know, I, they're pretty embedded in those roles and, and confronting that. Is that something that you've been prepping yourself for with micro changes or, you know, how do you like, how do you, you know, thinking about it as a, a marathon, what's the warm up for you? <laughs> I think just taking the steps. So I was very hesitant with one small thing was homeschooling our kids. I yeah. never thought of myself as a homeschool parent, you know, that mm -hmm. was never something I said, Oh, I, I'm passionate about this. I would love to do this. COVID kind of forced us into that. So yeah. just taking little steps in, okay, this isn't what I, I pictured for myself, but letting go of this is, this is life. It's not always going to go the way you had planned. So I think mindset is huge for me is letting go of those, those little boxes you put yourself into and just being open to the possibilities. And that's why in part one, I said, I'm curious, what is it going to look like when I'm able to remove those boxes and just be me, you know, what does mm -hmm. that look like? And I don't, I don't know what it looks like. And that's well, fearful. Because what, what I'm wondering is what are the parts of you that were saying, I could never do that, whatever it is, that you're now finding yourself embarking on because there's people watching, listening, going, well, this is very cool, but I could never do it. Yeah. I, I think uh, if I can just share something, mm -hmm. I'll never forget. It was probably about three or four years ago. Uh, a gym opened up right down the street from our home. So we can go back outside of the bubble of, of Barbados of, of, of this change, because I'm hearing you right, Dove. You're asking, like, what were the things that led up to this? Let's connect some of those dots. Mm -hmm. uh, for, for, for Lisa, one of the things that I vividly remember as a spouse, this gym opens up. They had, it was CrossFit gym. She'd heard about it. She'd wanted to try it for a while. They had a six-week program, okay? Six weeks. So Lisa got up at 4.45 every day for six weeks to go and work out in this six week program. I didn't used to see Lisa get up at 4.45 in the morning, much less 5.45 in the morning to go work out or to just roll out of bed period. That was just not her wiring. But somehow she started this program mm -hmm. and she loved it and she was enjoying it. Now the six weeks came up, okay? The story went back to, well, I don't, I don't know if we should really pay for this. I, I really don't want to. And was starting to go down that path. And as a spouse, I saw an awakened person with a level of energy and shift and focus that was rippling. You were talking mm -hmm. about just the neurological, the neurochemistry shifts. 
I saw that. I understand that. I work in that space, as you know, we both do. And I was, I was damned if I was going to let my wife let go of that. So one, one day, she's wrestling with, with this, and the, the program had ended, and it was going on, and she was saying, well, I'm, not, I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to go into a month-to-month. I, she was talking about with helping, helping with purging the closet. I'll just grab stuff and just say, I'm going to throw it out on the floor. You either get to put it back in or donate it one or the other, but you got to look at it. She was out of town uh, for a friend's uh, graduation. Angela was graduating with her master's degree. I went down after I dropped the kids off to school and I went to the gym owner and I was like, hi, I'm Lisa's husband. Sign her up for a year. I'm going to go ahead and get her signed up for a year. She's not going to have any idea what's going on. She's signing up for a year. Because he was like, she seemed to love it. But you kind of waffled on that for about it. a week or two. Um, and I think the importance here is what we're getting at is if you're in a relationship with a spouse, I have my own blind spots. We all have our own blind cool. spots. But when you see a candle lit in a partner, in, in, in seeing that as a spouse or as a parent, we have to think of what are things that we can do to keep that candle lit, especially if they have a tendency and a fear to jump back into doing that. And I think, you know, last year, you're the one that pushed me to go to Tennessee. Because mm -hmm. um, I, was, I was telling that story. Maybe you can so share. I should do this. Yeah. I should do that. Yeah. So my struggle with that. So I was a college athlete. And so I love working out it was the cost factor. So I went in my head to, this is a lot of money per month. I should not do that. I should put that money elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And even though I absolutely loved every single day, it wasn't a chore getting up. I loved going to the gym. I was willing to say, well, it's expensive. You know, we, we should put that money elsewhere. And he said, no. So I, I need that push. And I think the same thing, he's, he was contemplating going to Tennessee to be part of the nature camp. Base camp, yeah. Yeah, it was the, uh, it, no, it wasn't base camp. It was an animal tracking camp in deep in the woods of Tennessee. Like, with Richard. Yeah, what's that? With, with Richard, Richard and with Victor. Yep, right. yep. But he had that same that same look in his eye where I said, there's no way you cannot do this. And so just a gentle push and, and, and changed, it was, changed everything. And it was because I had been traveling so much for 34 strong. I was like, I can't steal another weekend from my family. And I was literally flying out on a red eye on Friday night and then flying back on Sunday. So I was going to have like maybe 30, 30 something hours on the ground in, uh, in Tennessee. I'd land and have to drive. I was like, I can't do that. And 2020 some of the defining moments that have happened as a result of going to that camp some of the things that have taken place are because I went to that camp and it was it was because of, of, of Lisa so that in a partnership and whether again whether it's with a spouse or whether it's with a business partner it's important to watch for getting somebody basically calling out that question of fear is it really is it really a false experience appearing real? And, and do we, you know, with that acronym? And, and we have the choice in those moments as individuals and in supporting other people to either say, 
forget everything and run and push them to say, forget everything and run because this fear is really coming. There actually is a hyena, a pack of hyenas that are coming towards us, mm -hmm. or we can face everything and rise. And sometimes when you hear that somebody's right on the fence, you can give them the nudge to face everything and rise. And the final thing I'll say in that, it takes us right back to that question that Sean Boyd, our, our, our CPA at California Accounting, um, shared with us. And, and it was that simple question of what are you going to regret more? Having the idea and looking back and saying, I could have, I should have, I didn't, or doing it and, and saying, hey, at least we gave this uh, a try. What, where are you going to be? We got to face the, either the pain of change or the pain of regret. And it's one of the two. And sometimes that's all we need to hear. Yeah, I, I think you bring up a very important piece because, uh, as you know, uh, Ren and I do relationship training and we do it privately for couples. And there's always this fine razor's edge between supporting a partner and pushing a partner um, and supporting a partner to do what it is that, as you said, lights the candle, sets them on fire, helps them to step into the darkness and become who they are versus controlling and telling them this is how you should be. Uh, and nobody wants that. Um, and it sounds like, you know, you guys were willing to push in the direction of where that person needed to go that they could see within themselves. You saw that within them. Um, but when it comes to uh, these big moves, I, I think it's a really important piece is to, you know, and you brought it up, Darren, is where is my blind spot? Because I think that fear is a fascinating subject uh, that I've delved into for years, because fear is not, we all know that fear is, it's a natural response in human beings. We have to have fear. It's how we survive. Okay. But we're fearful of things that we make up much more than what, what are real. Um, and fear keeps us safe, but safe means the same. And so we don't grow. And so this element of stepping in, making these micro shifts that you've talked about, making these micro changes that you've talked about, encouraging. But I love this piece about being willing to pay attention to when your partner's lights go on and, and not letting them talk themselves out of, hey, hold on, your lights went on. Don't tell don't don't blow smoke up my skirt and tell me it's dark. I saw your lights come on. Are you going to ignore that? Or are you going to step into that? That I think is, that's the other piece of the, the, the challenge here is how to, because a lot of people are fearful of losing their relationship, but I guarantee there are people who are going to watch or listen to this and going to go, you know what? We should do that. We should do that, but they're going to go home and go, there's no way in the world my missus or my husband is going to, or my partner is going to go for that. They're just not. I mean, we've got two kids. We've got three kids. We've got this. We've got that. We've got a mortgage. We've got whatever it is. What would you say to somebody who really wants that 
sees the possibility in the other, but understands that their partner is, they are actually fearful, but they won't call it that, you know, they'll, they'll call it logical, rational. Um, it doesn't make any sense. What would you say? So I, I would like from, to hear from you, Lisa, of what you would say to somebody whose partner was like you. And what would you say, Darren, to somebody whose partner was like you? I was just but they've got all the argument about why not to do it. Yeah, I was just going to say I'm the logical, rational <laughs> that person. So what was helpful for me is if you, I have a harder time expanding and thinking outside of my box. So mm -hmm. what we came up with was just having open dialogue and not being afraid to throw out, if it sounds ridiculous, throw it out anyways. Kind of how Darren was mentioning the dream board throw out all of those crazy, they might not seem logical ideas, throw them out there anyways. And what we've done is take these big white posters, plaster them all over the wall and throw every idea, every question, just brain dump every possible scenario onto these white pieces of paper and leave them up around you. And there's no way you're, not going to be able to have conversations about everything that's on them you know and, and darren had mentioned we made a list of our dream board of decade goals when you put it out into the universe there's some weird way that that's what you think about that's what you focus on and things start to happen mm -hmm. so my biggest thing was just get it out there get it out of your brain dialogue with your person and you'll be amazed at what actually comes to fruition. So for you, you would say, be willing to not just dream big, but take it out of your head and put it on something. Um, and as the logical, rational person, did you find yourself that when you were seeing those things, did you start thinking about the logistics of, well, maybe it's possible, and if we did X, and we could do why is that how you thought of it absolutely and okay. having them around you all the time you're seeing them so they're starting to become ingrained in you and you're starting to see the possibilities you know whether it, if i kept it in my head and it wouldn't never go anywhere when you put it all out there even when it's crazy because i'm very rational like that sounds ridiculous to me but when you see it every day and you, your mind starts to change and you're thinking, okay, that doesn't sound so crazy, you know, right. and we've had these posters for a year. So just, it, it's fascinating how putting it in the universe really, really changes your mindset around those things that seemed crazy, unreachable. They, they're not so that far off. <laughs> Fabulous. And you, Darren? So if I'm, talking to somebody like me that might be willing to push the boundaries go and 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 present those ideas that can be great and it could be completely a double-edged sword because we can mm -hmm. want to move so quick that we become into where we're pushing our partner in a very unhealthy manner um where it feels forceful uh, so i'm a big proponent of slow down to speed up we have to create the buy-in 
first and the alignment. Instead of, for myself, uh, some language that I've come to use with Lisa a lot and with team members and how we've built our culture at 34 Strong is not saying we have to do this. It's saying, I wonder if. What would this look like? Let's just go down the pathway of throwing these out there. Uh, for Lisa, that was a big piece because her natural knee-jerk response is if I would say, hey, what would it look like if we moved to the Caribbean immediately? Well, we can't do that. What would I do with this? Uh, how would we manage the kids? skills, what? kids? Yeah. What would we do with the house? All these different things. And then before you know it, you've put a lid on that before you've even opened the mind to thinking about what it looks like. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, if you think about it, it didn't mean you moved, right? Mm -hmm. We're just expanding different neurological pathways in our thinking to see possibilities. And here's the thing, regardless of if you decide to move to the Caribbean or not, or you decide to uh, go somewhere that you've never been before, that's the irrelevant part. This is, this is the really important part for everybody to take, Dov. It's actually conditioning your wiring in your brain to see opportunities and possibilities. The reason why is we are so well conditioned to mm -hmm. run through the lens of fear. That's going to be our natural response. However, we can condition the response of seeing the opportunities because that's actually natural as well because of tying back to some of our previous episodes of the normalization of normalization effect of where we're at, we can move to a place where we don't see the opportunities because of the conditioning of our social environments that we're in. So from my lens, again, if I'm talking to myself, you're working with others, understanding that many others might lead with the lens of, hey, there's the limits, here's the limits. And just being able to say, take that limit, accept it, say, I totally understand. You're absolutely right. Validate them because they're correct in seeing those limits. Those limits are there and saying, well, what happens just, to, just in case, what, what would this look like? Let's just think about this from this lens. Do you think a soaring eagle is fearful of the fences on the ground? I don't think so. It's going to mm -hmm. get above those pieces. And that's what we're asking ourselves to do just in our brain. And that can create the flywheel effect and some of the momentum to get alignment. So when I'm in the state now where I am going to Lisa's closet and I'm taking things and putting it outside and deciding <laughs> like, and saying, hey, hon, are you putting this back in or are you donating it? It's out of a place of love. And she understands that because she realizes six weeks is on and it's a decision that we've made collectively. If that's the outcome that we want, this is the work that we need to do in the now to get there, right? So. Fabulous. Well, we're going to finish up this section and then come back into our final section in which I want to talk about why you chose Barbados and um, what is your specific guidance to somebody who is thinking about maybe as a single person, maybe as a family person, thinking about becoming a quote digital nomad um uh and what would be some of the practical as well as the mindset shifts the practicalities about doing that that you would sort of guide them around and then we'll finish up with part four 
So again, I want to thank everybody for joining us for part three of this delicious episode of Curiosity Bites. I hope you'll join us on our fourth part with uh, Darren and Lisa Virasami as we talk about flipping the script of life, of business, of marriage and partnership and all those kinds of things, and certainly of parenting. We'll be back, and I'll see you in part two. Stay curious, my friends. Stay curious.